I want to I want to just mark a starting point right now. And say and and like start out with like, um, it you know Doug, we are back for season two. We're back. What do you mean, mark a starting point? Like right now, like we're starting the podcast right now. Have thought that we just flew off the face of the earth, but it's not true. We decided we decided people, that we were going to take the summer off. People think people may have thought that because we've done that in the past, right? That we are we have been known to do that. We have a track record. This this podcast that you're listening to right now is the result of us already abandoning another podcast. Exactly. And every time we talk about this podcast in any capacity, people are always like, "Oh, are you doing that other podcast?" Which really gives us high, uh, high hopes about this one. Yeah, people are people love that podcast, and we did it. We actually we had a co-host. We had Lance Johnny J or Lance Moneybags Johnson. C- clearly, that's the difference here. That is the difference. Although the other one was more technically oriented, and this is more this is more talk oriented. We do talk on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but how was your summer, Doug? I had a great time. I saw the Otis video this summer. <laughs> A nice air-conditioned IMAX theater? Uh, I did not watch it at the IMAX. Spike Jones did not invite me to the premiere. Um, what did you do this summer? Let's have a what did you do over your summer vacation? Wow, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't prepared for this. Because um, if I was, it would be like way more funny or interesting. Um, I worked at my job. Um... I started working on a music video uh, for the same artist that you did a music video for. So I basically stole that from you. Mm-hmm. That was painful. Uh, that was painful. Yeah, it was tough to get that. I ripped that from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, listen, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then forever we'll be compared to each other. That's uh, right. Well, we should mention the artist is Sam Friend. Who is actually currently on a West Coast tour? If you're listening to this and you're on the West Coast, he's touring with my brother, uh, Derek Fairholme, and uh, Luke Molman, who mastered all the music for uh, my documentary. So we got a good crew, and yeah, once uh, once that music video drops from you, Doug, then Sam will have two music videos, official music videos, but one uh, from me and one from you so we'll have to have like a hot or not kind of you know which one yeah is right better. exactly votes votesies um and then it's it but it's i mean how lucky is he to music video experts like us uh i mean theoretically to be operating filmed insert we should have we should have made the two greatest music videos of all time right shouldn't that that should be bare minimum for us to be operating this website but I mean, what if we were putting our energy into filmed in certain set of music videos? But anyway, the site's back. We're site's back. back. Otis is back. Otis is back. That's right. Well, you know, we were just talking about, you know, before the podcast started that there's a summer music season. If you have purchased and listened to and enjoyed the Watch the Throne, the Jay Z Kanye West album, uh, you'll notice multiple references to, you know. Kanye is going to make everybody tuck their whole summer in, meaning that he is going to make a, I don't know, it's a complicated reference. I, I read it on the <laughs> Rap Genius thing. I, I, don't, I don't remember hearing that line. What song is that one from, Adam? Uh, Otis. Oh, is it from it? Can yeah. you give me the whole context? Can you spit like the, the four bars before leading up to that line and the four bars after? It's like really close to the song, uh, like the beginning of Kanye's verse. <clears throat> so when he says it's not what I asked you to do I can't rap I'm not gonna do it <laughs> uh, I'm uh, bad I um I relate my rappers because I get tripped over my words so much and I don't think that I would just mumble shit into a microphone if I ever had to do it yeah but you know you know rappers are uh, I feel like um 
if they say they do stuff in one take and and stuff like that, that seems incredibly unrealistic. Yeah. Incredibly unrealistic. Well, you ever see I, the Carter, the documentary The Carter? I have not. Or there's a great scene in it where Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne records all the time, especially in this documentary. He's just doing nothing but recording and setting up a microphone wherever he is. And he's in a hotel. And just before he starts rapping, you know, is uh, he shouts something like one take. And then, like, he gets like three seconds into it and he screws up and he starts it over again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so it's probably. And, and a lot of these rap songs, I mean, you could just tell they're very heavily produced. Well, who doesn't? It's, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, they say one take and then you hear seven voices. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Does, doesn't Jay Z not write anything down? I, I mean, I feel like they say that. He says that, and it could and it could be true. I'm not calling Jay Z a liar, but I feel like uh, that that could also be just like part of the allure. Well, you got to listen to the Jay Z Terry Gross Fresh Air interview because I don't know if you remember, like about a year ago, he or maybe like even like eight months ago, he had a book, his biography, and he was going on all these like kind of booky you know interview things. He was on the Daily Show and. Um, he was on Fresh Air, which is like the whitest talk radio show in the world. And uh, it was really interesting because, uh, you know, Terry Gross, she's a really good interviewer. And she got a lot of interesting interesting, interesting things out of them. I think that, well, he talked a little bit about that. But anyway, well, I mean, we have watched the, that, you like to watch The Throne. Uh, I liked it. I, I liked it. Um, however, the more important point is that you said Terry Gross and Doug Pound uses her voices. Uh, she only has one voice, but different clips of her voice um, in some of um, in the in his uh, Pounded CD on his Pounded CD. Oh, really? What does he use? Yeah, he just it's like I'm Terry Gross in the mix. <laughs> I don't sound anything like anything, but um, but yeah, he does. That does happen, and it's like. Uh, it comes, uh, it's, you know, it's similar. I mean, he's always been doing, like, that kind of stuff. And you'll hear in the interview that he's always kind of been uh, messing around with kind of the news sounds and stuff. And, yeah, his the Pounded CD um, takes a lot of stuff, takes a lot of commercials and remixes them and a lot of radio clips and news clips and, and stuff. <laughs> Some clips from porn. You always need a few of those in the mix. And I guess we should mention, so people know what we're talking about, uh, we're pretty excited to have on the first episode of, I guess I guess we're calling it the second season of the podcast, uh, Doug Pound. Uh, he goes by many names. One is DJ Doug Pound, um, but his actual name is Doug Loosenhop. And hold on let me pull up my my other sheet of, of what he's done um and i'll cut that out and i'll make a note to myself well i would i would say that uh i mean as you'll hear in the interview that he's he's been kind of editing video for a while um what uh he was probably initially initially popularized by uh would probably be his work with tim and eric uh, either tom goes to the mayor tim and eric awesome show um or Dr. and then Steve he Brule. he talked Dr. Steve Brule, but like by the time Brule rolled around, I feel like Doug Pound was um already a a a pretty decent household name kind of in those circles. And then he went on to be an editor on a lot of other shows, um like Portlandia, um and uh which is on IFC and uh John Benjamin has a van, which is on Comedy Central. Um and kind of throughout this time uh, you know, he's always done other little things on the side. He's directed music videos along the way, which is what makes him most relevant for this podcast. Uh, but he also had like a web series um, called The Poundcast, which is probably on adultswim.com right now if you want to see it. And um, that's me explaining who he is without the help of Wikipedia, which Adam would have needed. No, I just I would have had had my my little sheet here, but uh, no, I call your sheet Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, I would I would as well. 
the um but yeah doug is a fantastic editor and a lot of the things he does uh involve music and uh you know sort of little mini music videos here and there especially the stuff he does for, for, done for tim, tim and eric especially the pound cast um and when we started when we started this podcast that's one of the people we really really wanted to talk to so um it was great to have him on and uh let's check it out Just, just this once. Yeah, please keep it <laughs> as real as possible. Okay. Um, and yeah, where are you? Where are you guys located? Uh, Doug's in Florida, and I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, so, so there's that. Um, and your website is called Filmed Insert. Right. Why'd you call it that? It's like an old term for music videos. So they would really? say, yeah, they would say like, here's a you know a filmed insert of you know this this song. Um, I think it's uh, so yeah we decided to go with filmed insert because it was music video there's like you know 100 like music video databases from like the 90s um, and like the early 2000s nobody updates anymore so wow okay. it was important to us to have a name that required explanation and so filmed insert uh, won that contest that's yeah you're going to be explaining yourself a lot because no one's ever <laughs> heard of that phrase <laughs> Um, Eddie, I was wondering if you could just start off, uh, I guess, to just give a sort of brief explanation of, you know, who you are and, you know, what you do, basically. Well, I do a lot of things. I'm, my, my main gig is a, I'm a editor, a picture editor for TV shows. Uh, right now I'm working on a show called Portlandia, and, uh, I also make some music and I do some comedy performing and I do, uh, I've done music videos, filmed inserts, you know, <laughs> for, for what you, you know, what you guys would consider them, filmed inserts. Um, let's see, uh, am I missing anything? No, I think that definitely covers it. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the editing por- portion of what you do and I think what's really unique about what you do is as an editor, you know, we, we, you know, have talked to a lot of music video directors who also edit, but I think you're one of the only people who come to mind that have, you know, like a specific style that people can recognize in terms of editing. Um, So I wonder if you could talk about, you know, how that style has developed because, you know, you can really tell when you, your hands have, you know, touched something, uh, you know, with editing, whether it be music video or something like even like Portlandia or, or Tim and Eric? Um, well, thank you. You know, a, a lot of the stuff I, I, you know, I'm very, I like to think that uh, I can, I'm very diverse in my, my editing and the stuff that people say it looks like me, you know, it, that I do edit those bits too, but I guess you're talking about the, um, like describe what you're talking about when you say that it's something that. No, I'm talking about. Um, I guess you know it's probably best known in sort of the. I guess you'd call it the the Tim and Eric style, but it, I think it comes through in a lot of things you've done. You know, using editing, um, in different ways that people you know usually don't associate it with. And I'm talking about you know like the like repetitive this, like, glitchy right. kind of loops and stuff like that. Right, like like um, um, the the effects, like in ro- the Starkey Robot Hands video, um, the the editing for that that kind of style. Yeah, well, a lot of times I'm polishing a turd. If you want to be honest, <laughs> like that was just, you know, the song is like this dubstep sort of glitchy electronic, um, you know, high energy track, and then they shot all this slow motion footage of a priest and it's all in slow-mo so um, you know that doesn't you don't just like lay some some of that footage over that music and kind of dissolve them dissolve the shots together I look at the waveform when I edit so I see the peaks and the valleys and I try to like you know match the video you know pretty precisely to 
to the sound, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of those little tricks are just like, I go in there with like a, with a fine tooth uh, blade tool. And, uh, you know, you, it's hard to explain. I mean, I, I have all these little tricks that I do. I do, I, you know, I slow it down, speed it up, uh, loop it, and then like reverse the second one and then copy that. So it's like, you know, something is moving back and forth, kind of like, looks like it's being scrubbed. Right. <clears throat> um, I forgot. Did you want to know about how that style developed? Well, how your, your editing style developed in general. Um, okay. Well, okay. So, like I said, like for that one, no offense to Josh, my friend who directed that, but uh, <laughs> about what I say, I'm polishing a turn. But I, I, I used, when, I first, when I first got an editing job back when I lived in Chicago, I had to like work on like the worst. Um, just there are these uh, corporate sort of uh, PR companies that needed editing, and I would put these like news packages together of just like B-roll, and um, you know people being tricked into saying you know this stupid shit for some product or something, and it was just like the lamest stuff, and I just like. Uh, I just hated working on it, but I wanted to be an editor, and I was editing, but I was just doing like really lame stuff. So <clears throat> after hours, I would take that footage and polish those turds and make <laughs> kind of re-edit it and re-edit these videos I had into, um, you know, like funny videos. I would, I would just take slow down their voices or time stretch, you know, what people were saying, and then it, it takes on this new uh, life, you know, these. I would make like weird little art comedy videos of just uh, basically remixes of like found footage that I was that had that was like in the avid system that I was like working on at work. So I would just stay at, at, later at work, and um, that's basically how I dis- developed my style is be- is by just playing around and you know making myself laugh and making my friends laugh and. Um, you know, polishing turds, basically. And that's those videos that you're talking about there. That stuff you could find that like on your Vimeo page. Like that, is that like the sports drinks video and the Fox Techno news in the yeah, morning? That that stuff. Exactly, exactly. Those are good examples. Um, the uh, sports drinks one was like, okay, the say Gatorade would pay a a PR firm to. Uh, Make a story about dehydration. Say one kid in Texas dies of dehydration. So then it's this huge story, and um, you know they turn it into a news story, but it's not a news story. It's just a uh, an advertisement for Gatorade, and they package it in such a way where all the sound bites are in order, all the B-roll is there, and all the copy is there. And they would mail these um, these videos out to every single news local news affiliate across the nation and uh, you know it's like if you're a producer at one of these news stations you're getting free news stories that are just ready to go it's like the package is there you just you, you tell the reporter what to say and you run the b-roll and it's like this little story it seems like a story about dehydration but if you look at all the footage and what the experts that they're interviewing are talking about and you know the products that they're showing it's just a very sly advertisement for Gatorade and uh, so that's what I had to, that's what I, you know those are the kinds of things I was editing when I first started out and it was just you know doing that kind of shit just like bummed me out so I would re-edit the footage and um, you know have fun with it and that was my way of like um, uh, releasing the tension of all the, of working on that crap <laughs> So, but it wasn't turning, like turning more it into like, something funny. Turning it into something fun. But that's more what it was about is just like making taking the what was boring and and uh, and making it fun rather than like trying to call them out for trying to advertise through the news. It's not really about that. It's more of just like trying to make something fun out of this of this footage that you had at your disposal. Well, it was it was a little of both. You know, I would enter enter these videos into like underground art shows and 
film festivals and there was, they would always have to, you know, what's your artist statement, which I never really had one, but I would always work, I would work that into it. Like, you know, we're, you know, the whole, uh, news is, uh, is kind of like co-opted by the ad agencies and, you know, that's bullshit and I'm just trying to subvert that or something. But I mean, that was a little bit of it, but mostly it was just, I was just trying to make funny videos. And how did you, I mean, how did you get out of that job? Um, I just, just kind of faded out. I just, I, I worked there for a while and I, I, I felt like I was trapped because, uh, I, it's kind of like, I was pretty good at it. I was a pretty good editor and, you know, these other dummies that they hired kind of sucked and <laughs> I just was like one of those jobs where you just, you just get comfortable with and it's, you know, um. You got nothing else lined up, so you just gotta stay there for a while. Right. It sucked. I dreamed of um, of breaking out of that world, and so that's why I made all those videos, you know, on the side. I, I used to do music videos, and uh, I used to put together like film screenings, and I, I had an art gallery. So, even though I had the boring day job, I just tried to do all this other stuff. Outside of that, to uh, you know, get like a career going. Yeah, it, it seems, especially in you know, like the Poundcast, music figures really centrally to what you're doing. Uh, you know, why why is that? Because I mean, along you know, aside from you know the videos and things like that, you also have you know albums and and songs and and things like that. Um, you know, where does the the music portion come in? Um. I don't know. At first, it kind of like it was just the same thing because when I would re-edit, like for example, like the Fox one, the Fox techno video that I did, I just kind of re-edited. These were just remixes, you know. So they kind of had the musical musicality to them. I would say that's why sometimes I don't like to. I get started on a music video, but I, it kind of bums me out because I can't play with the sound. I really like to um, mess around with the sound, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, when you can't do that, it's kind of a... I don't know, that's just how I like to work. I just like to put them together. The music stuff, I, I was never really that great at... Um, you know, I, I've been in bands and stuff, but I never really knew how to knew how to, like music theory or knew like how to put a song together but I did know how to edit a song together you know what I mean right like if I sat and messed around with like a sound editing program I can piece together a song based on like samples or you know what I mean like I could do remixes I just couldn't make uh like songs from scratch too well. I don't know. Did that answer your question? I, I don't know what you really meant by that, but, you know. Yeah, no, I like definitely. That. I mean, I, a lot of it is, you know, like your video work, like found pieces coming together to make something. Um, yeah, like for the Poundcast, um, I, w- I would get my friend, some of my friends who are musicians to help me with the music because they could really, like, knock it out of the park sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Way better than I could. Like is, the raps and stuff, I would help my have my friends help me write those raps and put the beats together. But it was always, you know, I would kind of say, I would kind of produce it. I'd be like, "This is what it. Here's kind of like what the hook has got to be," and you know, and then other people who know the tools better pull it off, and it's like magic. And I don't know how they do that. Is that like where like a like a Graham Smith has like a writing credit on uh, some of the podca- uh, Poundcast episodes? And, oh yeah, uh, Graham Smith. Graham Smith is he's a genius, and I I would always tap him whenever I needed uh, some music done. Now on the site we have you know like a lot of the Poundcasts are kind of music videos wrapped in a larger video, but on the site we have sort of the you know, we're defining music videos as songs and the music videos that go with them as sort of uh, commercials 
um, in a sense for them, you know, like promotional vehicles for them. So, you know, like this thing is like the Graham Smith video and the long, uh, long time no sleep and, and the juice box video. Um, you know, for one of the for the ones that you're involved as an editor, like the robot hands and the Phantom Planet dropped video, you know, you mentioned getting something and having to make something out of that. You know, how involved are you when you're when you're in an editor role? How involved are you in the production and sort of the idea of that music video before that those you know pieces get delivered to you? Um, well, for the robot hands one, that was shot, and uh, I think somebody else had started editing. And the director came to me and he said, can you edit this video? So I had nothing to do with, you know, the concept or the shoot or anything on that one. That was all in the can by the time I, you know, was even asked about it. Um, the, uh, the Phantom Planet one, Eric wanted to do that double green screen thing where they were like, the band was wearing blue suits on green. Um, so he, you know, I kind of consulted on that a little bit, but to answer your question, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of uh, input on, on that kind of thing. I want to start making more music videos where I get to shoot stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, if the, the way things work around here is like, if you're good at something, like I would like to do other stuff besides editing too, but, you know, when you're good at something and people like you, it's not like you get pigeonholed, but it's just that you're going to get a ton of work doing that one thing that you're good at. So, so people will come and say we want. I just I can't get enough. I, I like I get so much work edit like editing work. I have to turn work away. It's ridiculous. It's a pretty good problem to have. It's a good problem. I'm not complaining. I'm just <laughs> saying that. You know, it's a curse and a blessing, sort of. Right. In this economy, I say yes to every project, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Except for sports drink commercials and, and local news and things like that. Yeah, well, luckily now, I finally got to a place where, you know, everything that I'm working on is like something awesome or something uh, fun made by a hilarious person in the comedy world. Once in a while, a normal music video, but, you know. Now, in terms that, of, of music videos, uh, you, you mentioned that's something you want to do more of. Is that in the direct, directing role? Uh-huh. Definitely. I mean, what is it about you know, the, the medium of music videos that, that you find appealing? Well, it's like you can come up with a little short... It's like... It's, Basically, it's because like you know anything goes. You know, you can it's a little it's a little movie. You can make a little movie, mm -hmm. and if it's the right song, if it's like a song I really love, then you're kind of inspired by you know that music that you really like, and it it helps you um, be inspired to I don't know make something cool for it, do it justice. You know, right. No, we uh, one of the interviews we did a few months ago was uh, Jason Goldwatch, and he mentioned that he kind of doesn't he he has to edit his videos. He doesn't really consider like if you haven't like edited it, it's not really you know your music video. Um, you know, for sure. something for something like the like yeah like the juice box uh, video, or I guess you know your music videos in in general. I mean, when you're coming up with that concept, how how much of that are you thinking of the post-production? Uh, how much of the concept is in the post-production, I guess, is what I'm really asking. Well, if you are an editor in the beginning, you know, it, it kind of is, it's a big advantage because when you're shooting it, you're kind of editing it in your mind, you know, so you know what shots you need to get and, like, how they're going to be put together later. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the juice box one, that was definitely like the whole look of it was juice box's idea. And uh, I did shoot it and everything, but, but I know like what he wanted this like early '90s sort of like look in a convertible, you know, California kind of like beach thing going on. So 
Were you going for the like the McG color scheme, the McG '90s color scheme, uh, in that? Like the um, oh god, it's the music video like Sh- Sugar Ray Fly, those kind of videos, where it's like really yeah, yeah. I think so. I I probably added a, a uh, you know a few more um, solarization filters or whatever, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean. I, I used to make some videos in the '90s too that had that same kind of look. Mm-hmm. Back in back in those days, I had like a video toaster, so I didn't have one, but I had access to one. And for the Anyways, for the people who are not familiar, what is what is a video video toaster? It was like um, an editing system in the early '90s. Uh, it was like a prosumer kind of thing. Um, and from what I remember, it was like you basically, it wasn't, you were not editing on the computer, but you were editing through the computer. So you'd send your video signal like through a computer and then you can pick all these um, tra- transitions and uh, effects that like, you know, had very specific like 80s sort of 90s look to them. Mm-hmm. Kind of like prepackaged. Um, like wipes and stuff, right? Like you know, one of them would be like a guy lifting weights, and that would be a wipe. <laughs> and one of them would be like uh, a cheerleader. One of them's like a deck of cards, like flying at you in three D. But so it was like these these prepackaged wipes and effects that looked pretty cool in a, like a real cheesy kind of way. But you can't do. I mean, you can't do it just with two decks by yourself. It was like. It was like before, you know, Final Cut and and everything became easily available on computers, mm-hmm. and everything was still being edited on tape to tape. It was like the middle before. You know what I'm saying? It's right, just like, right. It was like part of the evolution before it got to where it is now. Just before that, it was like the video toaster was like the coolest thing, but it's also like the cheesiest thing. So it's kind of it was really fun. I don't know. No, I, well, and it, it seems like those kind of effects. And I don't, I don't want to pigeonhole your style or anything like that. But, but you know, like in the juice box video, and you know, a lot of the things associated with you, you know, for lack of a better classification, you know, has sort of a, a retro look to it, and not in just you know the the filming style, but you'll use you know like a title that's very obviously like sort of when you open up the Final Cut Pro title editor and, and you know, choose like a like a neon green or something like that and use that title. Um, when you're doing things like that and you're trying to get a specific style that, you know, has maybe like a 90s look to it or like, you know, even just like a five years ago look to it, um, you know, are you using the original equipment or are you kind of trying to recreate that on a modern system? Um, most of the time I'm trying to recreate that on a modern system. Uh, there's a... F- few times, like I just finished working on a show called The Eric Andre Show. It was a pilot for my friend Eric Andre and they shot everything on like 70s like Ikigami studio tube cameras and they actually bought a, um, a Chiron machine. Oh wow. Which a Chiron is a, if, if, you're, if you work in TV production, the old timers will call any graphic on the screen a Chiron. You know, put, throw up that Chiron. But that just means like that's the brand of machine that put up, you know, titles and graphic on top of video. So in that case, we used the Chiron machine, but it didn't really work. So scratch that. We tried to. I mean, a lot of times we try to because you can, you can try to you know imitate that look. But there's something about using the original like analog gear that you, you just can't duplicate yet. Like on the Steve Brule show. I edited that show too, and um, we actually ran it through VHS decks because there's probably some plugins that'll give you that VHS like wobble, but it's just not the same, you know, unless it's really like ran through that machine. And we we would have to do each one twice, I think. And that show, it looked like the you know the wobbles and the sort of the you know the the cuts on you know on the VHS machine looked so real and I think that the effect was 
I mean, it was 10 times more effective because you guys did that like authentically. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those were digital things that, you know, little sound bursts and like the way the sound was edited. To, mm -hmm. A lot of that was, um, you know, it seems like it was purposely, you know, done by hand instead of just like letting the tape roll with it. Like a lot of them. You know what I'm saying? A lot of it was, you know, banging on the VHS deck when it's recording. You know, <laughs> so, some of it was, you know, going in there and putting in one frame of white and then just this, a glitch sound that would sound like a pop of a, you know. That style is, I mean, if you look around on YouTube, that that style is very uh, imitated in, in a lot of ways. And... I mean, what what is the secret to, or not to ask secrets, but the, the the trick to getting that right to, you know, I think there's a line between sort of an imitation of that style and like really doing it right. Is there, you know, how do you guys achieve that? The Steve Brule style, the 80s like VHS look, you mean? And even something like, uh, you know, in the Graham Smith video or the 100 miles per hour, you know, 100 miles per hour video, um, you know, you've got sort of a, a little bit of a, a lo-fi style there. Um, and making that, you know, look like it's like you're doing it on purpose. Um, it just depends, you know. I shot the uh, Graham Smith video on. I shot those in like DV cameras and uh, just with available light, and just made it look. I like to do things just really not fancy. Um, I don't know. Like I used to have a cable access show in the '90s. And uh, I'm kind of too embarrassed to put it on YouTube. But <laughs> I might one day. But that was all. That's just where I come from, you know. Like that's just what I grew up with. And I had it. I I didn't have a video toaster on that, but I had, you know, some other like old analog equipment. And I remember just like cranking the colors all the way up so that it would just like kind of bleed off the screen. Definitely not up to. Uh, broadcast standard the way it looked well, I don't know I, I just that was just like I come I like you know I like noise music and I like things that are blown out and then that's just what I do it's just you know I can't explain like I could probably explain how but you know that's probably pretty boring but you know that's just the kind of style that I've always done and it's just I just push the knobs in, towards that direction <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> what was the uh, cable access show about? <laughs> we got. We it, have to go there. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I have. I have my VHS. I sh I should uh, put them up. I should put up a special clip for you guys somewhere. I don't know how I'm gonna get it online though. But it was. Uh, it was called Space Station, and it was just a series of random little. I, you know, I, I didn't call them sketches back then. I just shot weird things with my friends and um, most of the, you know, little little narrative things about, you know, two dudes arguing about um, corn oil or, you know, a kid a kid eating too many pixie sticks and throwing a bike off a roof. I don't know. That's just what it was about. It was just, a, you know, I just get my friends together and then I would like improvise like little stories. And then it would cut to. Um, <laughs> it's it's just a retarded show <laughs> about about nothing. I was just like a psychedelic weird show, you know, like a, lots of uh, dumb wipes. Even back back then, it was just you know I would throw up a. T I was just experimenting with the equipment. So that's what that show was about. And where was that? Uh, where was that broadcast? Oh, that was out of Downers Grove, Illinois. Oh really? Okay. I did four episodes, and then I it actually aired in Chicago in Chicago Public Access too. Because some of my friends were like, "This is cool. You got to give me a copy. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on Chicago Public Access." So I was showing Chicago Public Access. Most of it's bad. There's a couple. There's a couple gems in there though. You know, there's a couple funny little moments. Well, Chicago Public Access is there's <laughs> some there's some decent stuff on there. So. You probably uh, you probably got some pretty decent viewership. Yeah, 
I actually got a, you know, I got some people who wrote to me. This is before the internet. But I would put, I was just basically, I made the show just like reaching out to the world. I was just like a lonely kid in the suburbs. Um, and, you know, I would make this show and then put my address at the end like, write to me. <laughs> <laughs> or like, no, here's the headquarters. Not write to me, but like, here's the head, you know, space station headquarters. And then it was just like my parents' house. Um, but once in a while people would write to me and say that they really liked it it was like kind of amazing that's awesome yeah it was Um, it was basically like you know when you're that lonely and bored in the suburbs and you got some um, you got some equipment I was I was in junior college and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do I was like taking art classes I know I wanted to do something kind of like artistic design or something and I got this job at this weird little production house doing like wedding videos and transferring you know high eight or super eight films to video but they had a couple decks there so that's how that show started I like got access to the equipment and I just started shooting stuff and I mean I've worked at a wedding wedding house place so I, I definitely know the sort of stuff that goes through there I mean, have you ever used inspiration for those kind of things in in your work? Those kind of sort of you know, like since since I started doing all that stuff, I think that's just probably why everything I do is just naturally like has this um, you know all the Tim and Eric stuff, and like that's probably just why it just naturally. I'm not you know I wasn't. It's probably more of just me growing up with that kind of equipment and that mm-hmm. look more than you know trying to do something that was like retro and cool right you know that's just like what i liked so it's just like an, i'm an old timer so you know it's just, <laughs> it's <what> i liked <laughs> I'm, i like that the 90s are now that's the old time yeah now we, you, had, a, we had some umatic decks have you ever used one of those things oh man yeah i remember those <laughs> I'm not I'm not like an old timer or anything like that, but I worked at a place that 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 had a good, like a whole stack of those. They're in, those are intense. Though you don't you don't mess around with those. Yeah, I have some some uh, stuff that that I mastered on uh, three quarter inch Umatic tapes. Wow, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident confident that that stuff's gonna that's gonna that's gonna last in the library. Pretty, it's gonna hold up. You know, it's a it's a thick, <laughs> it's a robust medium you know it is that's a that's an old-time broadcast medium so it uh-huh. definitely will last um you have a you have an appearance credit i want to ask you about on the garfunkel notes this party took a turn for the douche video because uh-huh. you're you're right there like for you're right there next to them for like like 90 percent of the video um and it's sort of a glossy like modern looking looking video uh i was wondering if you could talk about the the experience of uh, of being in that well um i don't get to be in a, you know in front of the camera too much so whenever somebody asks me to do something like that i'm like sure especially if it's like two really cute girls <laughs> um i didn't really I, you know i don't I don't know how that happened. They just asked me out of the blue. I, I met Kate a couple times, and we were kind of friends, friendly. And then she said, uh, "You know, I'm doing this video about um, douchebags at a club, and we need some some regular-looking guys that are not douchebags." So I was very flattered that that's what she thought of me. That was my role was the non <laughs> the non the non yeah here. Here. Hearing that you're a regular-looking guy um, is is actually a pretty nice compliment. I would say that's, I would see that as a compliment for sure. Although yeah, all the douchey yeah. guys are are like really ripped, so I don't know. It's kind of a backhanded compliment in that way. Yeah, I'll take it. And we also have on the site uh, Facebook friends by Hot City Nights. Um, which is a music video which you and another person talk about Facebook friends on video on in a music video format and I think it, I mean it's something that could fit into like a like a poundcast but you guys kind of chose to make it like a standalone music video um, you know because I think something like you know the calculating bitch song could be like a music video and on its own like what made you guys say that this is a this is a, a standalone music video. 
Um, well, that's uh, I did it with my friend Johnny Pemberton. He's a really funny comedian, and uh, we get together and uh, work on uh, music together and make little songs like that. And um, we're also developing a TV show called Hot City Nights, but um, that's nothing yet. That's just a, a project <laughs> that may may or may not see the light somewhere. But, um, you know, we just made that song, and then I said, hey, let's make, like, a, a really easy, like, Beastie Boys-style video for that song. We'll just, we'll just rap along to it and just go to the park and um, get a wide-angle lens, because my, <laughs> my friend Joe had a wide-angle lens, and it was like, we made the song. We might as well make a stupid video for it. That's how that happened. It was just, you know, it was just... Something to do. Sometimes you just want to make a video for the element. That's what we did. Definitely. Uh, we tried to make a rap song with no rhymes. <laughs> we just, we just like keep setting up the potential that you're prepared <laughs> to rap. Like you're ready to rap the whole time. Is is uh is he one of the voices from the Pounded CD? Oh yeah, yeah. He's also in, in, in se several of the Poundcasts. Did you see the number two, the I don't get it guy? He's that guy. Oh, yeah, right. He just doesn't have glasses on. Yeah, he says, I don't get it. And, uh, and that turns into a whole episode. <laughs> Same guy, right. right. Yeah. No, and like for music videos, like for now or in the past, like what are you a fan of? Oh, right now or the past? Yeah, music videos in general, because you know they're some of them are are shit now, but you know there could be a few gems. Well, there's definitely some really cool videos out. There's it's, it just seems like there's way more videos now than ever. Is, is that right? Oh yeah, no, definitely. There's just so many music videos. I can't keep up. I'm not really a music video man, so I don't know everything that's going <laughs> on. I can tell you from um, you know the past. Definitely, like some of those Aphex Twin videos by Chris Cunningham are my favorite videos of all time. Have you seen Window Liquor? I have not. No. Oh, it's probably the best music video of all time. You have to see it. I definitely it, will. It has a really long intro before the song actually kicks in. It just when I saw that, that kind of blew my mind. You have to see it. We have to see it for for two people who run a, a music video database. We have a very, very short, shallow knowledge of, of <laughs> music videos. Well, We're horrible. That's, your database will maybe that's why you started it. So you that can... is that's exactly why. There's like about there's about six hundred videos on the site right now, and and basically the site is Doug and Adam's favorite videos right now. So we're gonna we're that's gonna. Fine. We're gonna expand. We're gonna expand. But pretty much any anything you've been involved with made it within that six hundred. So, congratulations for that win. Yeah, like um, as far as like what's going on now, I just kind of see what my friends make, and some of my friends make some really kick-ass videos. Uh, uh, this guy Jordan Kim, this friend of mine, make, you should interview him sometime. He makes some really awesome videos. He did one for most recently Toro y Moi. I don't know if you know. Who that is, but I'll send you links to some cool stuff. I definitely would love it because you're right. There's there's just an avalanche of stuff right there's now. An avalanche. It's hard to it's hard to. Um, I end up just watching videos of bands that I like, and you know, most of the time the video is not good, but you know, <laughs> it's like the song. I like the song, and when those two things come together, or or or, or you know, you watch a music video, but it's a band that's fine but it's not you're not really a fan of them it's more like the video is amazing don't right. you get that a lot too yeah yes. definitely there'll be some just amazing videos with spectacular effects but this the song is kind of a dud that, yeah that happens a lot yeah like i used to watch 120 minutes just to see my favorite bands music videos and most of the time those videos just totally sucked but it was like it didn't really matter i just wanted to see the bands and you know like you just want to hear the song and it's just cool to see you know sonic youth video on tv or something 
and like from that 90s period i mean is there anything that you like remember as being particularly influential or or something you really liked um i should have thought this out first but <laughs> not really i mean those chris cunningham videos i think are from the late 90s and you know spike jones of course is that is that the 90s era i think is it that? is yeah definitely early 2000s ish yeah yeah um but i mean along those lines i mean what makes i mean for you it's kind of a weird thing and we've been kind of trying to figure this out well what makes a music video suck or or be good for for instance i mean is it just something that's like a concept that's not interesting or is it you know as coming from an editor is it you know like a lack of you know connection with the music and the editing for you like what disconnects you from a music video um, basically, I think number one thing that makes a music video suck is probably if it's like pretentious, you know, mm-hmm. if it's like taking itself too seriously. I don't know. I just always, I always just try to make things fun and you know not so. I don't know, pretentious and arty. Like that stuff is fine. Does that make sense? No, it does, definitely. I'm trying to think of, like, videos that I hate. I guess it's just, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like someone black and white staring in the distance, touching a wall, kind of things like that. Or, like, you know, hip-hop videos where, you know, this is all about, like, how cool this guy looks. I, you know, I just don't like when people, like, look cool. Yeah, I, uh, I could go first. My pick of the week is called Backwards Rappers by Prince E. Um, he's a rapper out of St. Louis, and uh, this video is—it's tough to explain uh, easily. It's a relatively high-concept music video um, to explain what is happening in the actual video, but. Essentially, what he's doing in the verse of the song is rapping a verse that seems like very shallow and meaningless. And it's very quick, it's an eight bar verse. And then the video runs in reverse and he raps the lyrics, you know, the line by line in the other direction, starting with the eighth bar to the first bar. And he essentially says the opposite of what he said before. And the video runs backwards and his actions kind of reflect what he's doing. Uh, I can't explain it. And we are always horrible at explaining videos, yet we do it in every episode. And it's like even more difficult to try to describe this video. You just need to watch it. It's it's pretty awesome. Now, it's been... Prince E, the rapper, is described as a palindrome, I think. I don't think it's technically a palindrome. That's what confused me before I watched it. Was, um, but he's actually, the lines go in reverse order. So the words don't go, or the letters don't go in reverse order. Or the words, the, the actual lines go in reverse order. Right, right, right. So he's going line by line. So he does bar one to bar eight, and then he does bar eight to bar one. Mm-hmm. And and he, he essentially it flips it on it like it flips it completely what what he's talking about now, you know that, it, it's a lot with his cadence and his the way he's saying the words but now what's impressive i mean the the audio portion the rapping portion is is really impressive i, I one of the things that really kind of draws it in for me or kind of really seals the deal is the fact that the um visuals also work in the same way right yes they come back Yes, what he's doing in one direction and what he's doing in the other direction how reflect the verse and um yeah, it's impressive. Uh I, I, it, uh, a lot of people when I show them it they'll compare it to Nas Rewind mm-hmm. and even Prince E says like you know, big up said Nas Rewind or something to that effect. Um but me personally, this video is more creative because Nas Rewind, he basically is just like talking about a scenario, but he's talking about it in the reverse direction. So he's like, 
the bullets go back in the gun. You know, I get back into bed, that kind of thing. He's like talking about a day or a situation just from end to beginning, not beginning to end. Mm -hmm. He's describing them backwards. But uh, to me, it seems more difficult what Prince E did. And it's a much shorter, smaller package, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it also, it's uh, it's more relevant to me. I don't know anything about shooting shooting people or dying or but I have felt the um, frustration of a fan of hip hop that rappers who have a lot of talent are rapping about things that are just like stupid and and empty. Um, so, I guess. So I, you, yeah, you should go then. So okay, so I'm gonna go pop again for for this because i that's one of the things I, I love pop music videos i think they're great um as well as the you know the underground types i think there's a there's, there can definitely be a balance um but uh one of the it's still in the top 10 on itunes it's been it was number one for weeks and weeks and weeks it's been in the top 10 for months and months and that is uh, lmfao's song party rock anthem and uh, it's if you're a fan of like really deep music, you're probably gonna not gonna enjoy the single. It's all about. I, I think it's a great song, honestly, in terms of like sort of an electro kind of house party song. Um, you know, I'd never. I don't think I'm that person who's gonna pick up their whole album, but uh, as far as like a single that everybody everybody loves, I'd, I'll definitely get on board with that. Um, but I liked the song, so I looked around for the video, and I think this is just. A really amazing video. Um, basically, it's it, the concept is, is around 28 days later, and the sky blue and red flu red foo wake up in a hospital, and uh, the, the little title says that uh, you know the song party rock anthem dropped, and then this is 28 days later. They went into a coma, and it's 28 days later, and they get outside, and everything is all you know deserted, and then they somebody you know says you know what are you doing. Uh, don't you know that you know once that song came out everybody's been shuffling because one of the lines in the song is every day I'm shuffling so then the music starts to play and all these sort of hipster kids come out out of the woodwork and start doing this ridiculous dance move that they call shuffling and I guess if you Goonrock who's one of the producers of it tries to you know escape and everybody surrounds him doing this shuffling move and all of a sudden he turns into somebody who shuffles, does a dance shuffle and then the guys from FAO have to play along. Anyway, so it's a, it's a difficult concept to kind of explain like pretty much everything we talk about on, on the show but the reason that I'm picking it as my pick of the week and reason why I think it's the best, definitely the best music video of the summer is the little things they get a lot of really little kind of details right um it's it's a it's a music video that on repeat uh views you really get a lot more out of um you notice sort of little connections here and there and sort of little moves um even down to the type of i think one of the like a really interesting thing people do in music videos is kind of developing artist personalities so Red Foo and Sky Blue, who are the two people that make up LMFAO, um, they're doing a lot of really subtle things of like who in the crowd they surround them with and the type of interactions they have with different people. Um, at a certain point, the video kind of gets goofy um, when the girl comes in. I can't remember her name is. Um, but anyway, she's in this ridiculous outfit that looks really, really uncomfortable. And um, there's a sort of a dance that goes along with it. Uh, so it kind of jumps the shark at some point, but I think it's a, I watched it all summer. I think it's a great video and uh, I'll stop talking now. It was funny though. It was really good. 
really appropriate. Now, yeah, that the Otis video is very underwhelming. I guess is is a is a polite way to put it. Uh, I uh, think it mirrors the song a bit because yeah, the song I, I like kinda, the, yeah. I, go ahead. I like the spark. I'm just gonna say I like the spark glove. I wasn't gonna say anything profound or interesting. I just like. I just like the way that looks. Um, oh, but if you're talking about a Spike Jones video and you're like, oh, what do you like about that Spike Jones video? Oh, there's a spark glove. <laughs> like, you're.